Since when do you know how to fly? Mm. 190 years old? <laughs> you look great. Push it! Welcome to the review discussion slash finale of Alderaan Explosion, episode three for season two. Combining it all, if you're watching live or on YouTube, this is like a review discussion like we usually do, which is a spoiler field where we're going to be breaking down solo Star Wars story. It is, in fact, also the third episode of Alderaan Explosion, our podcast, which doesn't have videos. So they'll go up as an audio form, we'll go up as video, we just decided to do it live because, you know... Trying things for the first time is good. Am I right, guys? Am I right? It's 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 a good thing. I'm scared. Why? I'm scared. Tell me not to talk. Uh, well, you're, not, you're not supposed to talk, and that you're allowed to talk when I start talking. Is the the general? The general. Well, I was waiting for you know. I was I was preemptively. I don't know. Um. Hi. Hi. Joining us. Hi. Joining 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 us for, for this week's episode to talk about solo. Kira Marchant. Hey, what's going on? And Ashley Hobley. Hi. I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's, that's, let's not go too weird. Um, <laughs> Ash, when did you see Solo? Thursday, 12.50pm. I saw it Thursday, 3.30pm. Kieran, when ah, did you see Solo? 45 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I think last time we um, saw this, I think I'd saw it twice before we discussed last jedi yeah definitely or something like that and yeah. yeah so i've only seen it once so kind of there's a few things here that i would have really loved to have seen it twice i wanted to go see it again today but as we all know if you follow along with any explosion network content i have to uh check with sam for a lot of my movie going experiences and i betrayed him and saw this uh in a completely different state and I, was, I have to see it with him when I got it back to my It doesn't count if you're in a different state. Yeah, that's that's what they say, am I right? Am what I was right? the quality of cinema in a different state? Was it better? It was way better. Yeah. It was I'd way like, better? I had, like, reclining seats and all sorts of stuff. Oh, I don't shit. know what was going on. It was, Ooh, like, it was, it was, way, it was way too We do it correctly in Queensland. <laughs> It was, it was very, it was very freaking fancy, you know? Like, it, was, it, wasn't what I, it wasn't what I was used to at all. All right, so we are going to be talking about Solo, a Star Wars story, the second spin-off Star Wars movie. Going to be breaking it down. Once again, this is full spoilers. There is not like a five minute start section where we give spoiler free thoughts. It is, we're straight into spoilers here. So as soon as we begin, buckle in for the ride, everyone. Uh, we're just going to start with overall thoughts on the movie one by one, your general impressions, that thing. And then we're kind of going to go through and break down some of the more specific characters. Like what do you think of Han and Chewie? What do you think of Lando and L3? Like the, the dynamics. Um, and then break down some of the other moments like the Kessel Run the big cameo moment uh, and a bit of a bit of the of the Easter eggs and so things like that. But starting with you, Ash, what was your overall opinions and thoughts on the movie? I thought it was a fun, fun movie, fun experience. I enjoyed most of it. Yeah, pretty much all of it, I think. Uh, yeah, and I would be excited to see a sequel if that were to happen. Yeah. If it makes enough money, which it probably will. Where would you be rating it currently? Or was that going Probably to be like a seven, seven point five? Where would you be fitting it in in your your ranking of the like the the Star Wars movies? Um, 
I would guess above the prequels, but maybe around a little bit lower than Rogue One. Yeah, I feel like that's kind of kind of going to be the yeah the the general consensus for where yeah. this falls in for this particular movie. Yeah, um, Kieran, what do you think? Yeah, I really enjoyed my time with it. It was interesting with me having the couple of days before I saw it, which I don't normally have, um, to to get the general atmosphere of how everybody else in the internet or in our communities are feeling about it. So I was I had tempered expectations for the movie, but I ended up really enjoying it and I had a lot of fun. So um, it was good. It does fit around that, you know, just below Rogue One, but a better than all the prequels like section for me. Um, the, it had its issues. Like there were a couple of problems I had with it, but other than that, it was generally a really good movie. You would, um, you went too too hot on it going in. Oh, I was excited for it, but I think having the having the couple days of people talking about it made me just pull myself back a little bit or temper some things or um, maybe it helped me to what to expect and then. You know, as everybody does on the internet, they made it seem a lot worse than it actually was. And I ended up enjoying it even more because of that. Um, it was a lot better than I was expecting from that kind of, you know, um, vacuum that social media I'm in. Yep. Fair enough. Um, I would say for me that the... my I think the, the start of the movie has like a, a lot of pacing issues, like the, the first the first act where it kind of just jumps through around um, yeah. the couple a of things. Of like, a lot of times like here, he's over here. And now he's like, join the Re empire. We go for all that. We're like, we're jumping and jumping and jumping. And this is one of the things that we talked about in episode one or two of old round explosion was I thought that's what was kind of going to happen. And it is what happened. Um, it does make the movie a bit weird until they settle into that kind of like long spread of time. Once they um, like he meets Chewie and all that. And it's just like, here's all, one flow of events instead of just jumping ahead of time. But up until that, I was like, oh, it's, it's, a, it's a bit jumping over, a bit too much here. Um, I thought the action scenes were great. It's it's pretty full-on Star Wars movie as far as action scenes are, I suppose. Like, it's, it's a very yeah. popcorn popcorn flick as far as Star Wars movies go. It's, it's, it's pretty fast from start to finish. There's not a lot of downtime, I guess. And even though it's a fairly lengthy movie, like two hours 15, whatever it is, like two hours 10, like it's not exactly yeah. an hour and a half romp um but it is i think that's what it's aiming to be it's aiming to be the star wars movie that's the most like it's just a fun star wars movie it's not they they did they weren't shooting for something particularly too specialized they weren't shooting for the stars oh got em. oh gosh <laughs> oh no um i think the story like resonates more with uh any of the like extended universe material or the animated show simply because it's more of a small scale not it's telling a story that isn't about the fate of the galaxy or the big, huge characters that need to, because yeah. we already know what happens to Han, blah, blah, blah. Like, we're not following, he doesn't need to save someone that's going to save the galaxy or anything like that, which is more reminiscent of these these extended universe type books or comics or some Star Wars Rebels and Clone Wars episodes where they have random characters and stuff like that. Um, and compared to the old, even Rogue One being the first spin off obviously that was compared to this a huge story like that's a that is a story about it was still directly <laughs> directly related to the original trilogy and i think now that you've made that comparison i i, I do like that i thinking of this is a lot more like the you know the clone wars and rebels and stuff like that i that having that 
thought process to it, I think actually improves my thought process towards the movie. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, it fits in well with that kind of thing with certain elements of things that happened um, during the movie. Yeah, that definitely fits in with that kind of um, point. Because even if you're looking at the last uh, animated series, Rebels, most the the main story of Star Wars Rebels was wasn't about them saving the galaxy. It was about them trying to save one planet, and that's what they did by the end of that that show's run. But like season to season, most of their their stories was like we're trying to like they were so small, minuscule things they were trying to do. It wasn't about like the fate of the galaxy. And then there's so many books where it's just here's this off offshoot tale that's like small and contained. So I feel like this movie is gonna be more enjoyable for people it, like off the bat more enjoyable for people used to that small scale star wars stuff but if you're used to like the huge end of the world type star wars stuff it might be like oh i kind of prefer it when we're fighting sifts and stuff about the the fate of the galaxy being in the hands of someone um i think that this movie has a lot of fan service and a lot of easter eggs but does it a lot better than rogue one also because none of them were completely shoved in your face, I felt. Rogue One no. had a few too many shoved in the face. Even if you want to count that as, like, CGI Leia or CGI Moff Tarkin or... Um, the, there was the, no uh, annoying C-3PO and R2-D2C. Or that scene, yeah, exactly. Yeah, there, so, was, there was none of that. Um, I think they did the Easter eggs um, and fan service stuff in this movie a lot better where it wasn't so noticeable and up in your face, which I appreciated. Um, and the one thing I take away the most when I left the, the movie theater was I initially, when this movie was announced, was not excited for it at all. I was like, oh really? That's where we, we like Solo, like I, I don't, Han Solo's fine as a character. I'm not excited, blah, 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 blah. As the movie got closer and I started seeing more about it, I was kind of like, I'm kind of a bit more enjoy like looking forward to this, especially once we got our looks at Lando and all that sort of stuff that got me way more excited. And we started doing the podcast, got me more excited, just talking about the movie um, more material I saw, the more I was interested in it. But the the general thing is like from start, I was like, don't want to see this movie, don't care for it. I left. That was fun. That was really good, and it kind of improves my trust for Lucasfilm going forward with these spin off movies because I'm going, well, you know, you proved me wrong. Like maybe I I should just put a bit more faith um, in the in their hands for what they're going to do because they proved me yep. wrong. That James Mangold, Boba Fett film. Boba Fett movie. Which, exactly. Uh. And we'll talk about that a little bit towards the end because I want to tie it into something. But that is a good example where it is it is like, my initial reaction to that is, why? Like, fucking why? I don't want... And then I'm like, well, I didn't want this either. And I enjoyed it. So, yeah, like, it's easy to just get angry about something, I suppose. But... I think um, it helps that during the course of this movie, there was a point in the, like, maybe the three-quarter mark where I literally just said to myself, fuck, I love Star Wars. Like, yeah. I just enjoy spending time in this universe. I enjoy spending time in these worlds that I think, you know, even if the movie wasn't, you know, isn't top class, it's enjoyable to be because we're, you know, it's more Star Wars. Yeah. Well, that's the thing with me. Like, I can watch, I, I hate, I really don't like episode two and I have so many problems with it and I complain. But at, at the same time, the part of that movie that I really love so much is just because it's Star Wars and I can yeah. just enjoy it. Even though the parts I hate so much, it's just like, oh, it's Star Wars. I just really like Star Wars. So whatever. Yeah. This movie could have been like a five and I still would have been walked out going like, as a movie, shit. But fuck but Star, Star Wars. Wars. <laughs> like, man, yeah, yeah. Like, pew, pew, pew. Exactly. <laughs> like, it's enjoyable. So, um, yeah. Before we jump into some of the broad breakdown things, I will go over our predictions that we dropped in episode yeah. two to see oh, no. how terribly we all did and we all did do crap. 
Uh, we will start with mine. I predicted Boba Fett would come along with a cameo with uh, Jabba the Hutt. We have nope. no Jabba the Hutt. We get he's mentioned. mentioned. Not going to count Not even it. like directly, really. Like Except for like the Hutt no. cartel was mentioned at the one Hutt point. The Hutt cartel's yeah. mentioned. And they That's where he's going. That's where Hans can. Yeah, but they, they alluded to that, but they never were like, oh, I'm going to go see Jabba the Hutt about Jabba the Hutt about this mission. Yeah. On this and then, scene. of course, by the that end of the movie. That would be two on the nose. By the end of the movie, it's like, oh, there's a guy on Tatooine who's got a job. But then yeah. they say Jabba. So I'm not giving myself any points to that. And obviously, Boba Fett was not mentioned once. No. But I, I was expecting them to have a scene with Jabba in it and like Boba would be there. So it was like kind of like. Yeah, yep. With yep. no Jabba, I don't see him bumping into Boba. So that's fine. Um, and then I thought San Cesario would have a hint or an occlusion or something in the movie. No, not no, fucking. Nope. Uh, Jedi, Jedi relics would be shown or be, or be collected by someone at some point nope. in this movie. Nope. Except are the crystals were the crystals kyber crystals? No, I don't believe so. You Although don't think so they were just gems? Yeah, I think they're just gems. Technically, at this stage in the world, we do see a lightsaber, which to anyone at this current period is considered a co collectible, you know? Except for that person, <laughs> except for the person that has it. It's not a collectible. It's just, it just you know, yeah. I'm not giving it myself is technically a point. A relic? Yeah, a point five. Is it a relic? <laughs> if you've always owned it, is it really a relic? Yeah, like antique teapots. That well, you know, I've had this. Nokia. How old does something eight. have to be before it becomes a relic? Yeah. Uh, All right, I'll give myself zero points. All right, so <laughs> moving on to ashes. Kira betrays Han. Have a point. Yeah. <laughs> Take have, it. have a point. You got there. Uh, train sequence. Did she though? Yes, she did. She yes, I mean, she, she definitely. She bailed did. on him. She's she like, bails. leave my ship. I'm going. I think that's a bit. I think that's a bit different to betraying him, though. No, that's a betrayal. No, that's a betrayal. You have a point. Shut up and take your point. <laughs> Shut up and take it. Stop trying to lose your point. We can now. talk about this a bit later. The second thing: train sequences. In the train sequence, Han saves Chewie. And that's where he saves his life. No. No. I mean, no. he saves him, but it's not like what you was leading no. to. Yeah. Uh, C3PO and R2D2 won't be in this movie. Have you have you a shitty point? That's the shittiest <laughs> point in the world. Have you a shitty point, yeah. That's a terrible prediction. Oh, Kieran. Oh, awesome no prediction. Nobody that matters dies. Which I'm still like... Uh, I mean, to who? <laughs> I mean, the main villain died. His mentor died. Yeah. Uh, bunch of a bunch of these characters that we right. met at the start of the movie died. Yeah, so, that's fine. That's cool. <laughs> uh, Han joining up with the Empire, we see either the Emperor or Vader. Fuck. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> there was a hologram of an important character. I went with the wrong ones. You certainly Fuck. did. And your last one was the craziest thing that you ever said, <laughs> even co considering our E3 predictions, uh, Naboo will show up. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Which I still can't remember your reasoning for, but sure. Yeah, <laughs> no point. No, I went with it. Just like, fuck it. Whatever. So uh, yeah. Ash wins our prediction. Good job, Ash. Yeah, good, good job, Ash. Ash. We the, the shittiest predictions ever. Yep. One point. They were pretty much <laughs> obvious. <laughs> All right. Could have shoot onto the min. Could have. Could All right. Let's happened. let's let's uh, jump into the first talking point. So the, we're going to talk about the the big two first, Han and Chewie. Um, I would say that on 
Aaron Reich, after after everything, all things considered, I'm f- I'm fine with his performance. As I'm as fine with his performance. He had some good moments, but then there was also moments where I was like, I don't I don't know. Like for me, when he was on the battlefield talking to when he first met um, his mentor and stuff, Beckett. Beckett. I don't know why. I literally just saw the movie. How am I forgetting that? When he runs into Beckett there and the portion after it, I'm like, wait, does does Han really not know that they're not Imperial soldiers? Or is he just playing along? Or He's very young he and naive. I was like, I would, but the thing is, but he didn't see, I don't know. It was just, that's, I was that's, confused. That, that seems like a, you're a problem with the script rather than like... Possibly, okay. Yeah, no, no. Okay, let's go with the script. That's fine. Yep. Um, but I would say overall... He he has he has enough moments and lines delivered, not all the time consistently, but there are several moments where he would say a line that I'm like, that's Han. And then there would be periods of time where it's it's very much his own version of it, which is what I wanted, because I don't want someone doing an impression of Harrison playing Han Solo, because that yeah. would just be fucking stupid. Um, but there was those certain times where he would say a line or do something, and I'm like, that's Han. And that was enough yeah. for me to, 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 to bring the whole package together. And I'm glad he made it something his own, and it wasn't just a repeat or mm-hmm. someone trying to be something. Mm-hmm. And I'm quite happy with that. At first, of course, it is uh, kind of weird to watch because you are used to this role being played by a certain someone and a certain someone who has an, an X factor. You know, Harrison Ford is Harrison Ford. No one else is is like Harrison no, Ford. So no, exactly. there was no way to kind of fill that. And it is just that overcoming that that initial hump and then just being like, yeah, he's got the charm. He's got the he's got the swagger down or whatever. He's I, I, I quite enjoyed him. Um Chewy, the was great. In small, awesome. I thought they, I thought they gave Chewy a lot of character. Which he, at first, when I remember the initial reviews came out, and I was seeing people be like, "Chewy's great in the movie." I'm like, "How could Chewy be great in the movie? Like, how could Chewy be great? <laughs> you know, but like Chewy's Chewy. Yeah. yeah. Like, what yeah. what can he do? But they do so much just with his physical performance and like his his slight things. Like, the, I would laugh at time. Like his like you do little head movements or like yeah. nods or that type of stuff. And the moment they met and how they make them meet was fantastic. I absolutely mm-hmm. loved how the, the way they went with them meeting, Smart. which was completely different to how, how they met in legends material or how most people was guessing they would meet, mm-hmm. you know, of him rescuing him from some kind of slave encampment or something along those lines. He does rescue him, but it's more of a, I help you, you help me situation, not just Han saving uh, yep. Chewie. And that whole scene was great him getting to hear a humans uh like try, him doing doing up that that to speak yes. to chewy was yeah was great um and then the, the scene where they were chained up together and then he went to run that way that way and like got pulled along and all that that was all fantastic um i loved the for me it was the little things he did in the scene where han was first flying the millennium falcon just like you could tell he was just like all right come on just let me let me co-pilot. Come on, I can, I can do this. Fuck it, fine, I'll sit back here. And then just like, just little things he did where you could see he was just like, all right, just let me, fuck it, I'll just do it myself then. Yeah. Um, the only thing, to, to join it up to Chewie, but it's not directly Chewie, did the costume design for the other Wookiees... That looked weird. looked weird and off. And the just, faces? I don't know whether they just didn't have enough fur or something. Yeah, I mean that was done on purpose. So just to make them look different, but yeah, 
But I don't know. I don't know. It just looked really weird, and I don't know. Maybe it's how it was shot because it took a while for there to be an actual like clear shot of the other Wookies. So yeah, I don't know. But they were just weird. Yep. Uh, Ash, you got any got anything on? No, true was great. Do you think they're going to just leave the life debt thing out and Chewie's just going to stick around by choice? Or mm, no. I don't think they can because isn't it's mentioned in the original trilogy, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, kind of. It's I feel like that they could still like that could still be a thing, and everyone just assumed <laughs> that would happen yeah. in this movie. But I really, really appreciate the and because you can get to the life debt thing later, and yeah. I would much prefer the story being. They're already friends, and he owes his friend a life that kind of like he, he's just yes. like really appreciative. Exactly. Rather than like I, some random guy that he doesn't really like and feels obligated to hang around. Because the the thing I loved about the relationship and the way they took it in this movie is that it's Chewie deciding to stay, yes. and there's yes. that moment where Han saves Lando, and Chewie's like the other Wookiees kind of like come with me. We're going over here. This is what we're doing. Rebellion, come with me. And Chewie watches Han go out to save Lando, and he kind of has that. This is the moment where he's kind of like. Oh, he's actually yeah. a good guy, and I'll hang around to help him. I'm kind of, I'm kind of growing attached to this guy. I'm kind of liking him as a, as a friend, and that's why he chooses to hang around. So I, I much appreciate this, the story where it's like, he, he, he's there because he wants to be, not because he feels obligated to be yes. or something. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's like if they do the the life debt thing later, where he actually saves his life and Chewie hangs around. Well, it doesn't even hang around there. It's just like that's a thing. Like he, he's hanging around because he wants to be, but at the same time he owes Han his life, kind of. So, mm -hmm. I, I like this better. I like this a lot better. Yeah. Um, let's break down the the best all, because this, mo this movie is really just, here are all Han Solo's greatest moments. It's like the, the best the best of hits. Here, here's, here's, yeah, here's, Kieran here's was right. They chucked in everything we know about Han Solo into this first movie. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, oh. Which I think works, now that I think about it, because he, he's... Achieved all his greatest things at the start of his career, and then it's all downhill. Downhill from here, from here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which makes sense to that character because he's—it's yeah. like everything from this movie. It's like I've got a good feeling about this, and it's like everything great in his life happens in this movie. And then <laughs> every sequel after this, they can just have him get worse and worse, get in debt to the hearts, just, just fuck fails. up that shit, yeah. like just fail this, shut up, like just yeah. fuck up over and over and over. Yeah. So, but I yeah. mean, this film—it is pretty much, you know, all those things you've heard Han Solo do. Well. Here they all are. They all happen in a couple of days. In a couple of days, pretty much. Um, the one thing that I didn't think was, I never even considered to be a thing that would be in this movie, or I even considered was a thing, and I'll start with this one, is his name being given, like his name given to him. I thought that yeah. was an odd thing to go for. Like, yeah. It, I suppose it makes sense because he's like an orphan kid or, you know, growing up on the streets, blah, 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 blah. But even hearing that, my brain was never like, Oh, so he mustn't have a last name. It's but he like, said he's got a dad and a mother. Like, he talked about his dad as if he had, like, spent enough time to have, like, a stored memory of his dad working at the the ship construction. Um, yeah, so then it's like, yeah. does he So he have must a, have one and he just So does he have it. a last name and he just chose, chose not to use it or, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Oh, most likely. Yeah, but it's, I felt that, that was the one thing where I'm like, that's a bit too corny, like having the imperial officer give him the. Oh, you yeah, got no family. Him. Oh, solo, solo. solo. <laughs> let's, because that's the name of the movie, and that's your last name that everyone knows you by. So let's have that be a thing that that's that's. <laughs> Do you reckon he does that often? 
He just gives out random last names. I can tell you, Han, Han Solo's got a bunch of family. You are there Jerry all of a Single. No, no, he, no, he just gives everybody the last name Solo. Yeah. Just okay. like if they just, he's just, you know, eventually it'll stick to somebody important. That guy could be like, you know, if he survived the, the whole rebellion, he could have been like, fucking name that guy, that general there. Fucking named him. Yeah, General Solo. I knew, general I knew Solo. him when he was a young lad. Didn't even have a last name. Now look at him. Yeah. Now look at him. His, his last name is famous. Him. Yeah. Yeah. Gave birth to one of the, the the most angry, powerful people in the last hundred plus years. Shit. Great. Good job. Good Wait, job. did you say give birth? Yeah. Han gave birth. I was going to well, leave it. Yeah. I was going to leave it as Dylan's welcome back present to podcasting, but no, Dylan it? in fact said Han gave birth to him. Well, can't be all. Can't all be perfect. Well, you don't know how it works in Star Wars. Yeah, there you go. That's a good point. Um, the, the other thing is the dice, of course, which I thought was a bit too heavy. Like they show, like they were was really that like thing in the original trilogy. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the, yeah, yeah. the, di- the dice okay. are shown for a hot couple seconds. You can see them in a new hope. They are there. The dice okay. are there. Yeah. Then the dice were brought back as a prominent story piece, of course, in the Last Jedi, which is what most people know them from. Yeah. And they, of course, these movies productions crossing over in time so it works out that they're like trying to make them a big deal in last jedi so they're a big deal in solo so they're a big deal for han solo as a character blah 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 blah. but yes they are in fact from a new hope they didn't just make this this up they've grabbed this tiny thing from a new hope and being like this but the the thing for these dice that everyone assumed was that they were the dice that han used to win the millennium falcon with and that's the reason he he hung them up in the Falcon because they were like he's winning golden dice. Um, we now know from this movie, of course, that that's not what they are. They are these dice that him and Kira kind of pass back for their back and forth between when he gives them to her and then she gives them back later, three years Just later. Just a luck thing. Just a luck thing. And then he, he, of course, holds on to them there in the Falcon until the day he, he dies, of course. And I'm sure there's some sort of more, more personal thing. I think maybe it's like a family heirloom or something. Could be. Maybe we'll find out yeah. more in sequels yeah. if we get them. Um, so that's I'm the, pretty that's sure we're going to get them. Um, and then, of course, we get the Kessel Run, the the famed Kessel Run, which he, he first mentions in... I thought it'd be faster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought that's when went for a lot longer than I thought it was going for. I was like, oh, okay. Wow, well, Paris are long. Well, what do you, you think of that, the, the scene in general? Like the whole Kessel Run? I was sequence. a little disappointed by it. Really? I love it. A little? It. You loved it? I was a I little disappointed it. by it. Because I think it, it... It means... It, looking at it from a non-fanboy point of view, it just means that, you know, this thing that Han builds up all of his life, or this, you know, this thing that follows Han wherever he goes, oh, he did he did the castle run in 12 parsecs, is, is not, like, is not really all down to Han as it seems to be. Like, there was a lot went into it for it to happen. Um, but so isn't that a hard movie. thing to do? It's a hard thing to do, but then no, also... say, isn't that a hard thing to do? Oh, a hard thing to Build do. Yeah, yeah, something that. Yeah, that, yeah. I yeah. Mean, no, that's the, exactly the point of it. There yeah. is the great moment at the end where, like, he says to Chewie, "It's it's twelve if we ran down." Like, <laughs> 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 um, but there's always been this confusion about the parsecs because, like, when he says the line in A New Hope. Oh, the, 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 because we're running 12 parsecs, everyone's like, parsecs is a unit of, like, it's a distance type mm-hmm. thing, you know? And he says it in that movie as if it was uh, a measurement of speed or time. 
Like, yeah, and no. that's how he says, I did it in 12 passes. This movie does clarify that it was, in fact, a distance it's, thing, yeah. which yeah. Makes, so sense. makes sense. Um, yeah. So that is good clarify clarification mm-hmm. to have. It is like the distance between when they were originally looking at the castle run and when they get blocked off by the Star Destroyer, it's 20 parsecs, like through that, that usual space that everyone, yes. that's the route yeah. that everyone yeah. takes, that is 20 parsecs. It's like looking down the road and being like, it is 20 kilometers down the road type thing. That's how far it's going to take you. And then you can jump to hyperspace and you get to where the fuck you're trying to go. And he does the, the distance... It's like cutting through all the houses, you know, yeah. from across your houses to get to the highway faster, basically, I suppose is the easiest analogy. Like Grand Theft Auto, yeah. yeah, pretty much. It's like, I, it, it would take 20, it would take 20 kilometers to get from here to the highway if I'm trying to get there. Or if I cut through all these houses and giant monsters and asteroids and dark cloud space things yeah. and black holes, it would take 12 kilometers is the, <laughs> is the thing. Yeah. Um, there's also the great moment where, so they head towards the thing and like Lando says about going into the mall, um, which is like this, the giant monster thing. There's, is a line he also says in Empire or Jedi. I can't remember which one is now, but like Lando says it in one of those movies. I'm like, what are you going to do? Go into the mall, which makes, it's like a cool yes. tie in. Like they, I like when they yeah. tie in lines like that. So they have a bit mm-hmm. more meaning when you hear them again in the original trilogy. But I love that sequence. I thought it was great. The, it was a very dark um, it was a space chase scene that we kind of haven't seen. It was, uh, I described it after I left the theater, especially up to one point, it was like watching Fast and Furious in, um, <laughs> in, in a Star Wars movie. Particularly the when, yes, that scene was, I was like, I'm watching Fast and Furious in a fucking Star Wars movie. And I love both these things. <laughs> Cause it gets that moment where they, they inject the, the, Coloxium, yeah. Coloxium or whatever it is into um, <laughs> the fucking thing and they have that scene like they do in Fast and Furious where it like goes inside the like it pops off in the back and like goes off like nitros fantastic <laughs> speaking about that fuel I enjoyed how in like it's open no it wasn't the crawl but in like the opening lines that flashed up in like the um, at the start of the movie it had like hyper fuel or hyperspace fuel in like capital letters. So I was like, oh, okay. So that's an important thing for this movie. Yeah. Um, is is this hyperspace fuel? So cool. Very important. Um, Very important. That yeah. So I, and there was also the moment where he land, put the freaking things out, like did a drift along a fucking asteroid, <laughs> <laughs> just spin rocks into. I, I love when pe- people got upset in The Last Jedi about being unrealistic because they dropped bombs and people were like, you can't drop bombs in space. There's no right. gravity. And everyone that works for Lucasfilm's like this movie has laser swords, you know, like it's, 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 it's not a realistic so, so we're going to put a spaceship that drifts. Wouldn't the space, well, obviously in the spaceships, they've got some sort of gravity stuff to keep people on the floor. There is, they, there is a sh- gravity field outside ships. Like they explain in Star Wars. Most of them have like a, some sort of gravity field for X amount of distance outside the, the ship. Yeah. So that would pull the bombs down, right? Whatever you want. I, I, I yeah. mean, honestly, I watch Star Wars. <laughs> Star Wars to me is a fantasy film. It is yes. not a sci-fi film. And if yeah, you yeah. look at it as a sci-fi film, you're looking at them wrong. They are like sci-fi fantasy, 90% fantasy. <laughs> like, that, is, that is Star Wars. Um, but yeah, I, I love it. space setting. Mm. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed the Castle Run. And I thought I thought it was great to watch. I love that whole action sequence the back and forth, the banter, Lando like being shot and the, 
all out, the part when they're like running in there and it's like um I can't remember who was using the cape. Who was using it? Kira? Kira. 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 Oh, the cape it's worth so much custom piece. It was a custom cape. <laughs> Shout out to capes. Shout out to capes. <laughs> Fucking capes. Um and talking about Lando, the other big harm moment that we get in this movie, of course, is how he wins the Millennium Falcon. Um, did it go down exactly how everyone thought it would? I don't know. I quite liked how it went down because he yes. of course yeah. loses the first um, match um, because Lando cheats and then the, the second time there was that really great moment at the end of the movie where they walk into the, the new bar or whatever you want to call it where Lando is and Han and Chewie walk up to him like I'm gonna fucking kill you which is kind of like how they their interaction in um, Empire pretty much the same it's like hey and then they hug and they're like oh, it's fine yeah. and then he notices yeah. that he has the extra card down there takes the card and then he wins the falcon which then if you go watch go find a gif or watch the the minute of footage from empire when they they're talking about the falcon when han says i won that thing fair and square like the way he says it like <laughs> fair and square has a lot more yes. meaning and yeah. like it's yeah. moments like that where it's like, oh, okay, I can rewatch the whole original trilogy and I'm going to get like these cool little moments that work in so well now. Um, what do we think about how Han won the, the Falcon? I enjoyed how they punked us out. That yeah. like he won for a second, everybody was cheering, everybody was smiling, and then. No. No, and then no, that's on it. But then as soon as that no moment, I was like, okay, so th that's how the movie ends. The movie ends with them playing another game and Han winning. Cool. I'm happy with that. That's yeah. fine. Um, I was. Why did he get a trick the second time to do it though? What do you mean? Why did he put the Millennium Falcon up the second time? You know, because that's shit. Lando. That's Lando just like being like, "I did this last time. I can do it again. Do it again. Yes. Yeah. Keep, yeah. Cocky. Keep being yeah, arrogant. He's, he's very I, cocky. <laughs> yeah. You know, think about it. I yeah, was pleasantly surprised by the amount of Lando in this movie. Yeah, we we didn't think there was going to be much when we talked no. about it previously, and there was a lot more. I thought, yeah, yeah. no, and there was a lot. Donald Glover, I'm waiting for you to be bad at something. You just, you just do it all, and I hate you, but I love you at the same time. Uh, I think it was, I thought it was really good. Um, the only thing, I don't know, I, maybe it's going to take me a rewatch, and I need to pay more attention to it. But um, the him going to running over to save L3 and stuff, mm -hmm. I was a bit like, oh, okay, I didn't realize this was this relationship like this. That they fucked. Right. Yeah. Right. They fucked. She says it without she says saying it because it, it's a because it is a not a kids movie, but I mean this is a like it's not R rated movie, but it's she a, gets asked if if you can do that, and she's like, "Yep." Right. She didn't specifically okay. say that they did it. I thought she alluded. They did but it. I didn't think she actually was like, "Yep." <laughs> Read between the lines. They fucked. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, Ash, did you did you? Yeah, Han was great. Han <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Han okay. was great or Lando was great? No, we're still talking about Han's the, best of yeah. ones. Han, oh, Lando, they're all good. Right, okay, sure. Him, I enjoyed him saying, I hate you, and then, then I yeah, never want to see you again. That was a good delivery. Yeah. The, yeah. I hate you. He's like, I know. And then we get <laughs> yeah. a good tie into the I love you, I know. I love you, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah so that works out really well. Um, overall, yeah, I'm a, I liked the Kessel Run. I liked how he won the Falcon. I'm happy with these, these two like big moments how they handled them in the movie um how he met Chewie happy with that so it's like the three big Han moments that we got in this movie I guess I'm quite happy with which is good none of them yeah. were fucked up let's move on to the next line let's talk about Beckett and his gang which is basically the the big bunch of new characters we got in this movie 
would say I enjoyed Woody. It was Woody yeah. Woody Harrison being Woody Harrison? I yep. enjoy. I like Woody Harrison. He he kind of fit into the space cowboy um, smuggler yeah. whatever bad guy kind of role really well. It was, it was did suited the pistol whip thing. Did the pistol whip thing? That was all great. The rest of them though, Fanny Newton, underused. Don't know why she was like. I don't know why they. I was shocked when uh, not shocked, but I was like, oh shit, they're dead. Okay, yeah. shit. <laughs> This whole thing about them doing the train heist and then them all dying doesn't have the payoff and the emotional weight that I think they wanted it to because yes. we simply haven't had enough time with these characters to to have any emotional weight to that scene at all. Like I'm like, I was enjoying Rio. He's funny. John Favreau, great guy. Enjoying his yeah. voice here. This character's kind of funny. When he died, I'm still just like, oh, okay. Like, I'm, I'm emotionally attached. Fanny Newton dies, and then, like, you're supposed to have an emotional attachment to, to Beckett, because that's his girlfriend. And, like, he screams out, whatever. I'm like, am I supposed to feel bad for him? Because I, I haven't particularly grown attached to any of these characters. Yeah, I barely yeah. got to know Like, to we know only had here. only really just seen that they were in that kind of relationship, like, the scene beforehand. Like, yeah. but... We should have seen it coming because she said they were going to, after this deal, they're going to retire. Yeah, we're going to go to that that's, planet. That is, a giveaway. Cards, that is a giveaway. Yeah. <laughs> should have known. Um, so, yeah, I felt like she was wasted. And like, whatever. that Them all dying. They fine. just served their purpose. They served their purpose. Wasted. I would say that Fanny Newton as an actress was underused in this okay. particular yes. role, yep. though. Um, because... You know, like we watch, check out Bevan World, also on Twitch if you're watching, and YouTube if you're watching, and on podcast services if you're listening. That uh, she's on Westworld, and that's, I, she's fantastic in that show. Like, fucking fantastic in that show. And she's really, really great. And I just felt like she was wasting this role. She, it could have been anyone. Like, I don't, it could have been anyone. Yeah. And if you're going to bring her in, I needed more of that character. And I would have actually preferred the movie just to be like two and a half hours long and just got more time with them. Yep. Maybe. Or like even 10 minutes longer. Maybe even 10 minutes longer just with some sort of back and forth with them. Just a little bit time with those characters so the, the emotional payoff of their deaths could have played out better. But Beckett overall, I did enjoy his yes. character. Yeah. And I, I, I liked how he wasn't, as we were kind of talking about in the, the first two episodes of Old Round, because we kind of knew he was going to be some sort of mentor to Han, but his mentorship wasn't like the, the typical like good guy mentorship. It was just Han watching a person learning from a person kind of just yeah this it wasn't like he was actually being mentored like quote-unquote mentored it was just someone he learned from i guess and like introduced him to the the criminal underworld more than the actual mentoring um did we all like tobias beckett yeah no it was what he did a great job um i liked how his reaction with um with amelia clark's character with kira because he knew exactly what was going to happen there, but he never once was just like, Han, you can't, you can't do this. Or Han, they tried to explain it. He was just like, Hey, come on, man. Like, you know, you can, you can see what's going to happen. Right. Like you can, yeah. he never, he didn't like go out of his way as some movies would be to like, you know, pull them apart or separate them or whatever. He was just, he kind of, he understood, but at the same time he was still warning Han about it. Mm -hmm. Ash. Yeah. It's Woody Harrelson. What else can you ask for? Yeah, it was great. He, it, it. Yeah, and it went the way we all sort of expected it to go as well. Yeah. Oh, him. and yeah, it is worth pointing out then that Han shot first. Han did yeah. shot. I love that so much. 
Like I a was slight like, little thing, yeah. Yeah. It was just a small thing. Or the small thing like with um, when they were talking about mi the mining companies with um, Lando. Yeah. You know, and Lando's yeah. like, ah, fuck, I hate Lando hate, mining. Hate them. I hate yeah. mining colonies. Yeah. Okay, well, guess what? <laughs> a couple of years <laughs> from now, pal. <laughs> Going to be over there trying to run one. How's that sound for fun? Um, yeah. All right, talking about Lando, let's let's move on. Talk about Lando and L three, um, as we kind of covered <laughs> a little bit before. There's there's not much to say about Donald Glover other than perfect. Like you couldn't, you couldn't, as far as I'm concerned, perfect. You, it it wasn't like he was pretending. He wasn't trying to be Lando. He was Lando. He was yeah. Lando. Just like, even <laughs> like that to the voice. It was just the voice was like spot on. It was it was really good. It just, even though it's like costume, the way he walked, the way he talked, the way he just interacted with everyone, the the back and forth between him and Han, the way like the first time he meets Kira, he's like, you look beautiful. Like kiss the hand, like all yeah. that. It's just, it's Lando. It is, it is absolutely Lando. And he, he was great. You want to give me a Lando spinoff movie? I won't be complaining about that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will take that. Um, what do we all think of Lando? It's great. What else can you say? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ask actually a question. It's great. What can you say? The, I'm first, the yeah. topic. What else can you say? <laughs> yeah. Um. No, I think Donald Glover was perfect casting, as I've already said. Um. Even just down to the little things, like the moment where Han's trying to bluff his way through with the pirates and say, "Hey, we've got thirty men down there in that ship mm -hmm. who are going to come up here and surround you," and just instantly takes off. Yep. Just instantly just Fuck bailed. This just, shit, boy. Yep, yep, no. <laughs> Which makes sense because we know exactly what Lando's like in the future with, oh, fuck. Yeah, Darth Vader, have him. <laughs> yeah. And just, you know, he's out. You can tell he's got this He's got this side to him that even though he's he means well a lot of times, he's still looking out for himself. Like stuff like yeah. when he did meet Seekira, he did the smoothing first. And he's like, I'm all cleared up right with Crimson. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm all, I'm all good. Yeah, like yeah. there's nothing I don't know about that I haven't done. Like that was very much a self-protective mm -hmm. um, way to his dealings. So yeah, no, he was yeah. fantastic. So there's all, there are all those moments, but then of course there was the L three stuff, um, which we'll talk about in a sec, um, because she, I, I really really loved this L three thirty seven. Great Fio 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 Waller Bridge. Phoebe um, Waller Bridge. Phoebe, sorry, Phoebe Waller Waller Bridge. Great. As that character, this was a, a droid character. See, it was getting to the stage when they first introduced this. Like, okay, so we're just going to have another. Every spin-off movie, of course, every Star Wars movie needs a new droid because they need new toys to sell. Blah 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 blah. At a yeah. certain point, they kind of, are they going to start feeling boring or whatever? Whatever. I've seen people online because, of course, they have describing this yeah. one as SJW the robot. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Which, which was bound to happen, but it's all the people like Disney ruined Star Wars, and this is the perfect example of why the Blitz have got an SJW. W fucking robot in the movie. Oh my god, yeah. that's hilarious. Um, but I thought it was great the idea of having a like self, like knowing, aware. A, a, a aware robot that um like she builds upon herself or whatever, and like her whole thing is out for robot rights and trying to. Well, how yeah. would you feel? Like it's like when Lando was like, "What do you want?" She's like, "Equal rights." <laughs> 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 I thought that was great. Like that that was absolutely fantastic. Um, so what do we all think of L three? Yeah, I could see how she would be divisive, but it was good. Oh, I think it's like the first female droid in the movies, isn't it? That I can think of. Like a, a yeah, female-ish like 
Yeah, character. Yeah, yeah voice droid. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, I, it's I a good really match to uh, Alan Tudyk's droid from Rogue One as well. Sort of yeah. similarish. Like smart ass sassy, yeah, but like not, sassy. not the same, like completely oh, different, dude. but still got like a lot of personality. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like I really enjoyed L3. Like, really, what more is there to say about it? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck off. Please. <laughs> not making it easy for you if you both do it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the part where I did not expect this droid to die, I, it, it made sense. Or, um, I'm mental blanking on Alan Tudyk's one to die, but yeah. the name of that one, that made sense for that one to die. Letters and numbers it was. Yes, letters and numbers. It made sense for that one to die um, in yeah. that movie. I was not going into this expecting L3 to die, but at the same stage, I knew eventually they'd have to explain where she, she was. She lives on in the ship now. Yes, well, that's, that is true. She's always been a part of that ship. <laughs> which, which, if you're a Doctor Who fan, very, it was just reminding me, the whole thing was reminding me of the Doctor's Wife episode where they're just like, oh, there's this fucking... The, the, t- mm. the TARDIS speaks to you now. <laughs> it's got yeah. a personality and all this sort of stuff. Um, which... If you go, so I've seen online people point out that like there is that scene where C-3PO is talking to the Millennium Falcon and it's like, oh, it's saying this. Like if we do this, it's like, oh, so that all has another meaning now. It's, it's, it is literally, ta- it's not like him just being like, oh, the ship's yeah. talking to me. It is literally talking to There's also, I saw someone tweeting today from the novelization of The Last Jedi. There is a whole bunch of paragraphs where it's like, the Millennium Falcon says this because it like feels like this. Like they've got lines in it, and people are like going like, "Oh, these all have another meaning now." Because I was tweeting at the author like, did, "Was you aware of this when he was writing?" And he's like, "Maybe, like maybe." <laughs> maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's cool. but it, it's 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 a nice thing to like have a have a go and like live on for the Falcon, I guess. And just it is one that. One of those other things, little little cool thing you can do in this movie that will, of course, make whenever you watch any of the older films, you can rewatch some of those scenes a bit differently. And even in like going into episode nine, they could have a throwaway line now, you know, like where you could be, oh, it's because L3 is like attached to part of the system. Oh, that's cool. Like just little moments like that. But overall, I thought L3 was a really interesting, cool yeah. joy. I would have preferred mm-hmm. her to live on, but it is, once again, it's like by the time we get to Lando in episode five, he doesn't have L three, so no. Yeah, like at, at some gonna... point, yeah, at some point she had to go. Mm-hmm. I would have preferred her not to have died. I thought, well, I just thought they wouldn't kill her and they'll just write her off in like a book or something along the lines, like, oh, she yeah. left, or or the, like as going with the way characters is like she ran off to join the resistance for the. I yeah. thought it was with the way it was going. I thought you know it was going to come to the point where they're about to leave with the Millennium Falcon and Lando would be like L three come on and she would be like no I'm staying here to lead this rebellion. rebellion. Yeah, I enjoyed the rebellion of all the robots. That was pretty funny. Them stamping on the the machines or whatever, like basically yeah. like yeah fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought that was really great. Um, so she was good. I enjoyed that, and that uh. The back and forth of Lando was good too, and I, I, I did buy buy that point, like uh, where Lando runs out to to save her, because that is like we we're talking about before. Lando's out for number one, but he does have that side, mm-hmm. which he kind of proves like he's out for himself in Episode Five, number one. But then, of course, he does go save Han. He does yep. come fight um, for the second Death Star. You know, like he does have that side to him that isn't all about himself, but he does have those moments where it's just like, oh, all about me, fuck everything else. Like I'll do whatever it is to protect number one. But then he does have those moments where if he cares about something enough or has time to think about it, he makes the the right and the good choice. And he is deep down 
like Han, who doesn't appear like it from the outside, actually a good person if you, if given the the right push in the the direction. So it made sense, and they basically set up the scene before by with L three. He's like, he's he's in love with me. He just like I can tell like the the heart monitor blah 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 blah. blah. So you know, robot human relations. What can you say? Yep. What, what more can you? As some would say on this this podcast, what more can you? What more can you say about? That. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> what more? What more can you say? All right, moving on to the next part. Let's talk about Dryden, Voss, and Kira, who have appeared together because they are the the, the bad guys, really. Um, Dryden uh, is the quote unquote bad guy, but I feel like the movie didn't really have much. It's like he's there, he does the job. Um, Paul Bettany does a decent enough performance that's it's menacing enough that you're like, oh yeah, that guy could like fuck you up because he, he does put on a menacing performance he has all the scars on his face it's like oh yeah he's kind of scary like i wouldn't want to want to fuck up with him and that's pretty much all the, the purpose he serves it's not like a bad guy that we're like oh hound's gonna have a big showdown with this guy then it's gonna yeah, be an epic battle it's just like it's just like a, a villain to push the the story through like be this looming thing in the background i guess and kira um i thought was really really good i thought amelia clark was a lot better in this movie than I thought she was going to be going in, honestly. And she she is a character that I am interested in going forward, obviously, with the, the sequels or whatever they choose to do with that character, because she's I think she's just gonna get worse. Like if she's headed on a dark path now, more or less, yep. and that's where they, they leave her, of course, heading off. And but at the same time, if they want to give me a book or a comic or something like that, yeah, with yep. information with that three year period where yes. she basically yep. gets to Crimson Dawn and what happens after she loses Han at the, the gateway there, I'm interested in that also because she was obviously a, a good person there and she was blah, 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 blah. And then in three years, she's got 180 into this Crimson Dawn fuckhole. Uh, so what do we all think of Dryden and Kira? Also, note... I did get it right when I was talking about the Kira. <laughs> yeah, no, you did. And I smiled when they first said Kira. I was like, oh, okay, good job, Dylan. Um, <laughs> I actually really liked Dryden because I thought from the trailers or from what we've seen, he was just going to be an out-and-out sinister bad dude. Like, he was just going to be, I'm dark and evil and menacing and rah. But there was some layer to this character of, um, you know, wanting... That almost like psychoticness of just having like, oh, you know, oh, it is a party after all, and just him relaxing. Or you can tell he's not doing it because he's the boss. You can tell he's doing it because he's just scared of whoever is his boss. That that was quickly established and mm. led to the ultimate payoff of that. But um, I really liked his character and for it yeah he didn't get much to do he didn't have that much he was just kind of you know a, a reason behind han going through all these adventures but um i yeah i like paul bettany as an actor anyway so it, it did the job um as for kiri yeah, I, I love amelia clark and most things she does so she was fantastic even you know just the small scene of um her trying on one of lando's capes in his wardrobe made me just think of dylan um just, yeah cool. <laughs> i'll take it i'm amelia clark in my dreams too you know yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just, do you reckon do you reckon han gave uh lando all these capes when he won the millennium falcon yeah he's nah, like i don't he need, I don't everything need. In, or he just he, kept, nah because he would have sold them all for like billions of credits by the sounds of it if they're worth that much so <laughs> surely yeah. lando took them all out 
Let's go with that theory. Um, um, but yeah, she totally betrayed him, Ash. I don't know how you see otherwise. She what do totally you, th- what'd you be- think of these people, Ash? Yeah, they were good. Dryden was an incredible threat. I think I thought he was pretty menacing in all the scene. Like that, obviously, that first meeting when they were in that first meeting, he felt pretty mm-hmm. thought he was going to try and kill him in that scene. Obviously, mm-hmm. he didn't. Well, he would have. If yeah, he would did, have. If they didn't come up well, with they, the plan. they set him up pretty well, murdering that guy in the first. Yeah, true. Yeah, so. Yeah, no, he was menacing. I, I agree he was yeah. menacing. I don't think he was like a terribly interesting bad bad guy, no, but he, he was menacing he was just, enough. Yeah. To be to be that. And what do you think of Kira? Yeah, she was really good. I enjoyed pretty much everything. I, it was kind of weird watching Khan kiss another woman though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it was okay that it wasn't like a it was an established romance for Han at, from like the start onwards. Yeah. Like it wasn't like they met and or that they rekindled a friendship and that turned into a relationship. It was just yeah. a, these two had grown up together. They've bonded. Well, not grown up, but they've, you know, they've come through this um, slay, like this slums of Corellian together. Yeah. And they've, you know, bonded together because of that. I think um, for me that, that made it not so weird. It was just very, it was pretty normal, you know, for two people that have been through such a thing to bond in such a way. Also, I enjoyed the thing with the rock with Lady Proxima at the start of the movie. Yeah, I, I, I like, <laughs> I like the design of that, that creature. I, yeah. I still like that, that whole first sequence, like even the dialogue, I, I kind of didn't want to spend much time talking about because I thought it was just like, off. Yeah. like even the first conversation Han and Kira have there, it just like the dialogue seemed really Mm-hmm. weird and stilted yeah. it was like oh Han we've got this now we can get out of here like it's like okay it, it's like when you can tell a plot's just giving you information really fucking yeah. fast because yes. we need to get moving and it did seem like natural dialogue so I was kind of like okay but the Lady Proxima thing was like okay it's the Borgolod of this movie sure let's let's move on to the next I think that was one of the first moments where I was like this is Han was when he made the clicking sound with his mouth of pretending the rock was a thermal detonator yeah like and she's like, yeah. did you just make that with your mouth? No. Yeah. <laughs> no. It's rock. <laughs> and then, we, yeah, and then Kira was like, is that really your plan? <laughs> or whatever. Like, no, this is. <laughs> yeah, that, that, was, that was cool. That was, yeah, once again, that's like a thing that's like, he, he doesn't, he's not Harrison Ford, but that is a Han. Like, mm-hmm. where he's like, yeah, it's, 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 my, it's my plan. It's, it's fine. Um, I think that also, was the- I think the betrayal is when you screw somebody over, whereas this was more of a letdown. Well, I mean, a letdown. Yeah, did did, did Han just? I'll follow you. Did, the love of his you. life currently being like, I'll follow you, and then she flies off in the enemy bad guy spaceship, and Han's just sitting there with Chewie, and Han's just like, I'm really let down. Does, yeah. it, count, does it count as a betrayal if next movie he's got Crimson Dawn like assassins after him because of her? Yeah, then it's a betrayal. <laughs> <laughs> but right now, on the scale of like betrayals and stuff, this is just a letdown moment. Yeah, I, I think it's betrayal. I, I just have it's flat out betrayal. You can have point five of point, and you still win. So yeah, so <laughs> uh, it's fine. Whatever, you, whatever, whichever way you want to want to look at it. Um, I think the other thing interesting about Kira is that duality, like. Because the whole time she's kind of playing Han, but not, you know, like yes. no. yeah. it's, it's, it's that in the background, she like has that dark side, light side pull, but not like a dark side, light side. It's like, 
<laughs> like by the end of the movie, she lets Han go, but at the same time makes the bad move, you know, like she doesn't run off to be with him, but she lets him live. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. she, she was still kind of playing him along the entire time. And she knew she had more information that she wasn't giving Han because she is actually attached to that Crimson Dawn lifestyle. And obviously mm-hmm. by the, by the end of the movie, cause a lot of the movie, like, is she like, has she been sold to them? Like, is she a slave? Is that, is that what we're looking at here? What is the exact situation? Like, does Dryden Voss own her? What do we, you, you don't really know what the relationship handy. is. Yeah. But then by the end of the movie, you understand that she's there. She wants to be, and she wants to rise to power within that, that Crimson Dawn. Like she's not. Is Crimson Dawn a new thing or has that been? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a new thing. Okay. Yeah. It's a new thing. I find um, it interesting that a lot of characters that make bad decisions or are quote-unquote evil, when you look at it from their perspective, they don't see themselves as doing a bad thing or being evil. They see it and justify it, where Kira understands that she's doing something bad. Like, she's doing something... And that's why, you know, if she thought it was the good thing or she thought it was the right thing, I'm pretty sure she would have been like, Han, come and join me in this thing like come and yeah. come and be by my side for this whereas she pushed han away because she knew han was the good guy even if he didn't admit it han was the good guy well, that's and what he, he told him <laughs> yeah he but, just flat out said you're the good guy yeah no you didn't ash jesus ash, you just, <laughs> ash i'm just ash. saying you're quoting the movie she, directly no i am quoting the movie directly that's what i'm saying she said that to him and because of her belief that he's the good guy she understood that she couldn't ask him to be part of this life that she couldn't bring him this way that she would have to go alone i mean it's because that this one i mean like why i want to know more about it because it's you can understand how she gets this point she's brought up you know slums that life blah 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 and then we don't know what happened in that three-year time like how she got to where she is she's obviously been hardened or gone down some sort of path which makes it interesting but at the same time she does seem to be actually you'd like you could say she loves han i don't know if you if you could or you couldn't but i'd say that she does have some sort of love for han I like, could, I'd, I'd she carries the dice for that time so she does love han i think han is the last bit of her life that ties her back to how she originally was yeah. like like han is that good side of her or that hope she had the smile as directly quoting from the movie. I'm not just making that up, <laughs> Ashley, um, the smile. So she was holding on to that. And by letting Han walk away, she was accepting that she would given it up. Yep. Um, yeah. So I'm, I would like to see more of her past and present going forward. Dryden Voss. I don't need to see, uh, I'm not going to see more of, I, I don't need to see less, you know, any of his past i don't really care he served mm-hmm. his purpose for this movie but then we had obviously the big reveal of mole which is what we're going to move into now uh before we talk about it i would like to play a little bit of a video though for people because there's so many people on the internet and we'll talk about this in a second when we come back i've been loving the what the fuck like he died like from the all those sort of people so let's just take a quick look at this for a second I am surprised you could have forgotten me so easily after I killed your master and you left me for dead on Naboo. It is you. You may have forgotten me, but I will never forget you. 
You cannot imagine the depths I would go to to stay alive, fueled by my singular hatred for you. That may be so, but I defeated you before, and I can defeat you again. <laughs> Don't be so certain. Yeah, so Mole, Mole came back to life years ago, people. I know, I know it's a thing. It's crazy. You only, you only, you only knew this if you've, you've been watching the animated series. So there's so much to cover. Um, because a friend of uh, a colleague of mine at work had already been, and he was talking to me about the so movie. I'm see it as soon as possible. I know, I know. He was talking to me about the movie as if it happened before the prequels, and I was like, "What?" And he's like, yeah, 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 no, I was expecting, you know, maybe like Qui-Gon Jinn or some of the Jedi to show up. And I was like, no, this happens before New Hope. He's like, wait, what? I'm like, yeah, this happens just before New Hope because the Empire's around. He goes, what happened to Darth Maul then? And I went, <laughs> and I was like, oh, right. Okay. <laughs> sure. It is, it's, it's great. I've seen people like that online as well. I've heard, I've read other stories like that of people just being like, I think I read on Reddit today, someone said that in their cinema, as soon as the movie ended, they heard the person next to them be like, I thought this movie like took place after the prequels. Like people are, <laughs> people are confused and I'm enjoying it. And I also think it says something about Lucasfilm and how they're, they're kind of taking their, their, the property and like the, the interconnectivity of the universe and doing it a lot better than how Marvel's handled, handling their bigger world because so you've got mole who as far if if the general movie going audience have only watched the star wars movies they think he's dead the general star wars fans you know and i hate using the word casuals although sometimes you need for it's like you know your general your casual star wars fans the people that just watch yeah. the the movies that's not meant to be offensive it just means mm -hmm. that's just how it is um they don't know mole's back alive the only way you know mole's back alive is if you've been watching the, the animated series, reading I mean, the extended universe material, Rebels, anything like that. So you have to be diving off outside the, the numbered movies, the actual, those things. And if we look at Mar um, what Marvel does with their extended universe stuff is they're like, oh yeah, it's one, it's all one big connected universe. Like Daredevil's there, uh, Angels of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s all there, but they refuse to tie it into the actual, the actual movies because they don't want to confuse the people. Like they're like, oh no, like it's, it's connected, but it's not connected. Like it's connected, but we're not willing to make their jump. It's it's a one-way connection. It's a, the movies yes. affect the TV shows. And the that's TV it. shows don't affect the movies. Yes. So, so, where this one both ways. So I think this is a really brave and uh, decision and one that I will applaud Lucasfilm for doing because I think it just proves that they are like, this is all, it's both ways. As you just said, like it was one, one way, but this is a two-way street where you've had all this stuff over ha happening over here. And I also think it says they have a lot more faith in the general movie-going audience um, than a lot of other movie studios would generally have because they were like, hey, people are going to have problems with this. People are going to be confused by this. People might not understand this if they have been watching Clone Wars, but we're going to have faith that people will walk out the cinema and turn to their like big Star Wars nerdy friends and be like, can you explain this? Or go to YouTube and like look up a yeah. YouTube video or just go straight yeah, to Wikipedia. Google and be like, how is it like Wikipedia or something like that? Just have a bit more faith in, in the audience. Um, so what we, what was our initial reactions to seeing Mole? Cause my was pretty much anyone else like 
get yeah. excited because <laughs> my initial reaction was Dylan's gonna go nuts for this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I liked it. As I said, I was waiting for it to happen most of the movie. Um, was it a different actor that played more? No, or was it, it was Ray Park, voiced by Sam Witwer. Yeah, so ah, okay. the, the person who voiced him in Phantom Menace is different than Sam Witwer. Although, as far as I'm concerned, Sam Witwer is Mole because Sam Witwer has been voicing Mole through all of Clone Wars and yes. Rebels. So he's yep. Mole to me. Ray Park yeah, no, is the fine. same guy who played him on set and did the martial arts stuff for yes. Phantom Menace, though. Yeah, yeah no, because it was more, for me, it was more like the, the facial was a bit little bit different. Or it might just be it was he's older, that's why. How it's yeah, they done. Made him, yeah, he's older. He's meant to look older. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I know in the, in the Rebels series, he is. His face is a lot more um, like withdrawn because of the crap he's been through. So um, he's obviously much better off in this current state than he is in Rebels. Um, I really liked it. I don't know why he felt the need to turn his lightsaber on. Um, I think it was so threatening to. It was supposed yeah. to be a threatening. So the other theory or thing I was thinking about that makes a lot more sense once the mall reveal happened is you look back at Dryden Voss and his face scars. And to me, now that is scars he's got from mole for fucking up mm -hmm. like every time dry this is just fan theory anytime dryden's fucked up mole's scarred his face like mm -hmm. cut down it because they are very if you, they are very like straight line like kind of saber yes. like here's a slight thing it also sort of explains the weapons that he's got as well maybe yeah explains that kind of stuff a lot better so yeah i i think it was it, story wise they have him grab the lightsaber and ignite it because he's supposed to be threatening kira mm -hmm. like because she's saying, oh, like, he's fucked off. But Mole knows that she's lying. Like, she, yes. he knows that she killed him. Yes. She, yes. That means that she has some kind of something inside her that he's like, well, that's good, but that could also be bad. Like, as long as I, you yeah. understand that I'm in charge here, then what, you've, that, what you just did is fine. So I'm going to threaten you. At the same time, I feel like movie-wise, him using the force, grabbing the lightsaber, lighting up is people... So just in case people didn't get it, we're, like, staring at him going recognize this guy like is he someone mm -hmm. he lights yeah, up lightsaber it's, it's gonna help people go it's Darth well clarification he's mole he's no longer Darth but like people going it's yeah. Darth mole like uh, so yes. it works both ways I feel um, and go okay. uh, I don't know I can't remember what I was gonna say that's fine go oh <laughs> just no this is what I was gonna say so you know Star Wars I've always said Star Wars teaches people lessons Star Wars is generally a series of People doing what they're told not to do. Mm -hmm. mm. Side thing, don't have an apprentice or like student because if you're evil, because nine times out of ten they're going to kill you. Yeah, like just true. Just seems to be the way it is. Yeah, just that students a bit. Don't do that. <laughs> it's you hear the is. first here teachers. <laughs> um. Yep. So I'll so. I was talking to my dad last night and he, I was saying, um, I was like, all right, be careful of spoilers because there's actually a big moment in Han Solo and he's not going to wait. He will wait for it to come out in Blu-ray, but I'm like, you know, just be careful if you can. Um, I mean, he's not on Facebook or Twitter, so he has it easier, but still news headlines and whatever. I saw mm -hmm. one on IGN yesterday that was by that Phantom Menace character that's in Solo. And it's like, if you read that, it's like Phantom Menace, like who the fuck else is that? Like, you know, like it yeah. just narrows it down too easy in the headline. And he was like, oh, it'll be a cameo from Jabba the Hutt. I'm like, it's not someone you could name. I'm like, you could name a thousand characters means right now and you will not get it. You will not get who it is. So just, <laughs> just be, just be careful. Um, 
And to clarify, name a thousand different characters. Probably not. Neither could I. Probably, but it's 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 over exaggeration. So yeah. to clarify how the whole the whole timeline thing works, yeah. so it all makes sense. Um, we're not going to cover the whole mole thing. You can Google it. Pretty much, he he survives. If you haven't watched Clone Wars, he gets cut in half. He lands in the thing. He grows spider legs. He gets saved. It's a whole thing. He goes to his home planet Dathomir. There's evil magic. He gets robot legs. It's a whole thing. It is a whole thing. Skip ahead. <laughs> skip ahead time from that, and let's just cover from like there's a there's a time period where we last see him in the Clone Wars, and then there's the time when he shows up in Rebels. So there is a huge gap of time between when we last seeing him at the end of the Clone Wars and when he shows up in Rebels, which is about a year. No, it'd be like less than a year before Episode Four takes place. So there's a like a huge gap of time we've got to work with. So. Towards the end of the Clone Wars, he started up a group called the Shadow Collective, which was basically a crime organization, which was with a bunch of Mandalorians and such. And he was trying to basically, he got this whole army and he was trying to take over the planet, but his whole grand scheme of plan the whole time is power, rule places, kill Obi-Wan Kenobi. Like that's, that's the, yeah. the, the, that's the, the three ticks he wants to tick off basically. And this was a story we never actually got to see, but they've done, because it was when Clone Wars was cancelled. It was one of the, the episodes they were going to do in the last season, and they've put up, like, sketches. They did it, like, Star Wars Celebration. They showed, like, sketches, and on stage, they they basically talked through what the story of the episode was going to be, sketch by sketch, and it is considered canon, because it's, like, part of the Clone Wars, and it's what they say would have happened to to Ahsoka and whoever else, because she's involved in the episode. So it's right before, you know how episode three starts with Obi-Wan and Anakin in the, the ships and they're, they're off to rescue the mm -hmm. Chancellor. Yep. So, so yep. just before that, they're on the, they're on the planet. Um, they're on the planet. Uh, I'm double checking. I'm going to right before I fuck it up. Yeah. So they're on Malachor and Darth Maul's there. Obi-Wan's there. Anakin's there, they're all fighting, blah, 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 blah. Ahsoka shows up. She's like, oh, cool, I've come here to, to help. Rex is there, clone person. Cool. Then they get the call. Chancellor's been kidnapped. Anakin, Obi-Wan, they're like, Ahsoka, here's your lightsabers back. Um, here, go, help. Take down Darth Maul. We're going to jump in our ships and take off. That's where episode three starts. So while they're flying up there to help Chancellor, Ahsoka's down here. She battles um, Darth Maul. She wins, traps him in the ray shield. Oh, that's cool. He's all trapped. Everything's going to be fine. Order 66 happens. He manages to escape. After this, we don't know what happens to him. That's, that is like the full stop for that time period. So he, he disappears off the face of the earth at order, order 66 time, just like a lot of people do. And then the time period where we see him show up in Rebels is when he's um, crash landed on a, a Sith planet and he's been trapped there. Uh, he explains for years. He's been trapped there for years without a way off. So there is many, many, many years for them to basically do whatever they want for this character. And at the time of the Clone Wars, he was still after Obi-Wan. He was still part of this whole crime organization thing, Shadow Collective. So it would make sense that if he escapes, the Shadow Collective evolves into Crimson Dawn, whatever exactly this is. And he's off running on this planet, trying to still find a way to kill Obi-Wan, I suppose. Like that's his, that's his main goal. It's an interesting choice. It's cool, but it all actually does make perfect sense. Uh, Character-wise, and I'm really glad that they they're tying it all in to extended universe back and forth. Um, where do we think we're going to see 
him show up though? Do you think it's just they're going to show him in the like they're going to say it's a solo two thing, or do you think it's just like a setup for something else? I think it's a solo two thing. Yeah, I think they've put that as the setup for then if they do if they decide to do another one, this will be where it's going. Fair. Yeah, that makes sense. Like maybe he goes to Jabba the Hutt and he has some sort of job that coincides with something Crimson Dawn's trying to do. Here's my one problem. Yeah. You can't have Han Solo meet Maul. No, you can't have him fight. We can't even have him meet because it's like Han Solo episode four, force is a bunch of bullshit. What is this lightsaber? You know, like it's just all um, all gibberish to him. Mm -hmm. So you can't have Maul be the bad guy. Like you can Mm -hmm. have him be there in the background, but you can never have them be in the same room together or witness each other or anything like that. You can have him be in the background and have the, the Crimson Dawn be a bad guy, this overarching organization trying to fuck with Han, sure. But I, I feel like they, they've put him in this, but not directly to set up for Solo 2. They could use him in elsewhere. Um, but they're trying to do like more Marvel-esque, you know, introduce characters in this film so they can do something else over here, blah, 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 blah. Do it over here, do this, do this. But if they're, if they're going both directions, they're going to pull it off so much more fluently than Marvel does. If they're going to have, well, this thing from the movie, the comic, the game, blah, 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 back and forth. And the number one thing that I get that excites me deep down in my heart hole from all of this is, as far as I'm concerned, even though Darth Maul started as a live action character, of course, in The Phantom Menace. He is, as far as I'm concerned, a animated series character that's been brought into live action. Oh, again. no, I know where this is going. So my no, chances of getting Ahsoka... Mean, no. <laughs> my chances no. of getting Ahsoka have increased to 2%. <laughs> to 2%. <laughs> just, just, just a little bit more. Just a little bit more. Yeah. Just, there, there's more of a chance. There is, because... You know what I mean, though? Like, even though he was live action, this is pretty much an animated series character. Or is this building up to the Obi-Wan movie? Well, here's the thing. So I had one friend of the show, Buddy Watson, message me Friday morning. And the first message I got was, so a question about Solo. And I replied (laughs) something along the lines of, yes. (laughs) What what is it? And he had like a, it was like, is the Crimson Dawn a new thing? Blah, 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 blah. And then he, he said similar thing, like, are they building this towards, do you reckon they're building this towards being a Obi-Wan fight that people have been asking for for ages? And I just copy-pasted the link to the YouTube video from when Obi-Wan fights him in Rebels. And I'm like, they've done that. And he said, well, if they've already done an anime show, do you reckon they'll just, like, reshoot it, do it no. again? No. No. Because I feel like that counteracts what they're Why doing Why can't here. they fight before that? No, but the thing is, the way the Darth That means War... Obi-Wan leaves the That's planet. True. that happened but then also it you know obi-wan kind of has this pity for for maul in that rebels where he's almost like oh my god you're still fucking chasing me like you literally holds him as he's dying and basically shares a moment with him (laughs) yeah he has this pity where he's like you're still fucking chasing me since the clone wars i can't believe it i don't think you know, I don't think that would have as much of an effect if, you know, they have repeatedly clashed since then. I I know everyone wants to see Ul McGregor fight Darth Maul again. I want to see Ul McGregor's Obi-Wan again. You, I, you're not going to see Ul McGregor fight Darth Maul because it doesn't make sense. 
And the only way they could do it is if they reshot a scene that they've already done in the anime series. And I just do feel like that takes away from them setting up like the two-way street if they're just going to mm-hmm. reshoot stuff. They could reshoot it if they had another character there and it was like from a different angle from that character side. But like the way that scene takes place, it's like, that, it ain't happening. It's, it's, what it's, if it's a shot for shot. <sighs> of, a, of, a, of a literally two-minute scene. Yeah. Know? Like it's, the fight scene is isn't even a fight scene that people want. Like when people yeah. say they want the fight, they want like a long, like Phantom Menace, like very long, like back four flippy, flippy fight. When the fight that they got, when they actually did it was them, st- them staring at each other for 30 seconds. And then Obi-Wan just put it dead gone. Yeah. It's not the fight that everyone wants. And I'm even when they aired the episode on rebels, I, I was so happy. I thought it made really like so much sense for the whole, like, cause Star Wars lore is rooted in like samurai fighting and, like them staring at each other down is them like predicting how each other will move because they've fought so many times. So it's like it, the fought so many times, it just comes down to one chess move instead of 50 chess moves. And yeah. I loved it. But even after the Rebels episode, people were online just like, this is pit. Like that's all they did. Like after the big build up, like they didn't have this epic fight. So if they, even if they did it shot for shot, people would fucking yeah, hate it. People would be so angry. So it's just like, don't even bother touching it. Don't even make that a thing. But the idea of having. Maul come in as the head of this evil criminal organization is really cool. Makes a lot of sense for that character. And Maul is a really, really great character that was absolutely fucking terrible in The Phantom Menace and wasted and was shit and was basically like, um, was it like another throwaway Captain Phasma or fucking mental blanking heart, um, Boba Fett, sorry, was another Boba Fett, you know, Phantom Menace was like a cool looking character that had nothing to him, that they brought back an animated series and turned into a really cool, interesting character with drive and character and family and backstory and all this sort of thing. The only problem and question I have is if they bring him back is who do you have him fight? You know, like, yeah, it's weird. (laughs) Everyone's in such a weird spot because a, a, if, you know, if they do have it, okay, what kind of setting is it? B, if he shows up somewhere and is using his lightsaber and shit, how have, like, the Emperor and Darth Vader not heard of it yet? Like, how, well, it'd be how... the same as how they explain it in Star Wars Rebels. Like, they literally have Vader fight, like, Kanan and Ezra using lightsabers, and they get away with it for a while. But for a lot of time up until that point, it was, like, they're like, oh, they're nobody. It's just, like, what a fucking... We'll kill him eventually. It's not a big deal. You could have Vader come into it. That that could be like. There's no yeah. reason that couldn't be a thing that happens, and that would make sense. Well, it makes sense because the Empire is like the government, and they're a criminal yeah. organization. Yeah. Also, Palpatine hates Maul. Palpatine, yeah. like when he found out that Maul was back alive, he did the. There's an episode in Clone Wars where he comes, he kills Maul's brother, and then he he tortures Maul. For ages to get like information out of him and basically just to fuck with him because of course the whole rule of two so it's like oh my old apprentice is back well that's not gonna go we're gonna go kill him so if palpatine found out mole was alive again it would make sense if he was like hey darth vader do you want to go go handle that and they could have a whole scene where they could set up along that line to have him crash land on the planet he's stuck in like it would it would make sense you could play along those lines but you don't want to get to that too fast and you do want him to have back and forth you know like you need someone have some sort of fight or something with him. It's yeah. just like how do you get that? like you know you've got to have yeah. That's the thing. That's why when you know when some when it, I had it mentioned the Darth Maul's in the movie, I was like, 
Okay, but he can't. He's not going to be physically there because there's nobody like you know. There's nobody to oppose him. Han isn't the character to oppose him. They're not just unless they give him another scene like they gave Darth Vader at the so, end of Rogue One. I'm like, I don't want to see that again. My one idea from what information we have, and I, I think by this point we can basically that they're planning ahead for the the Star Wars movies. Is they're so far ahead at this stage that like you can't even really keep up. You know, mm-hmm. like they've they've got this in play and they know where they're going with it, and I trust them to do whatever they need to do with it. But if we're going to talk about that Jabba the Hut, if we're going to talk about we're going to talk about the fucking Boba Fett movie real quick with the Jam- James Mandegold being popped Mangold. in as a director. Mangold being popped in as a director real quick. You could have Boba be an adversary to Mole for some point, you know? Yeah. Not, he, he's someone who could fight Mole. I can, I can picture a Darth Maul versus Boba fight scene with him jetpacking across the room and, you know, Maul, like, flying through the air, like, trying, hitting away bolts, blah, 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 blah. That is a fight you could have, and I could believe it. Um, you obviously can't have either win, yeah. really. It's stalemate. Almost, yeah. yeah, you could have a stalemate fight, and you could have Boba be a bit of annoyance, and you could, and it would make sense for a Boba Fett movie where he could get entangled with this Crimson Dawn uh, as a problem or maybe the huts don't like crimson dawn you know like maybe they find out something goes wrong with him he's working for the huts gets blah blah, blah sent down pops yep. in the mole and this would all make sense if they're setting him up in this movie but he's really going to be tying into the the bobber movie and it, that would play along really well because instead of saving him for the the solo 2 movie or you could even have him pop up again in solo 2 and there's bob fat you know like that long game but bobber bobber is currently as of the movies we know coming out one character where i'm like yeah, you can have him pop into to Mole. Like, there's no reason for, for that character to have no reason not to meet someone using a lightsaber. And he could actually put up a fight against that. So, maybe. Not against it. Not against it at all. Yeah. All right, any other final thoughts on Mole before I move on to the last segment? No, no I'm good. I think we've covered it. You know, what more can yeah. you say? It was a good moment. It was a good moment. Yes, I, I, thought, it was the, I thought it was going to be the Emperor for a second, though. I, well, the black robes and stuff. I'm like, oh. they played the audience because, of course, they start yeah. from behind with the thing. But as soon as I heard the voice, I okay. like. Now straight I away. saw the robot feet, and I was like, "Well, well you I also got told it was Mole." I also knew, yeah. but <laughs> you know, saw the robot feet, and it kind of gave it away. Yeah, no, I was like, as soon as I heard the wall, I'm like, I was like, Sam Whitworth. I know that voice. All right, so let's move on to the last thing. I just want to cover some of the the random Easter egg type stuff. And cool things that were chucked along in this movie um, that mention stuff like that. So, as mentioned before, we get no Jabber in this movie, but we do get mention of the Hut Cartel. And of course, that's where Han is heading towards the end of this movie to go meet up with Jabber to do a, a mission or whatever. It's like, and they, that, it's interesting the line from the trailer, if you go rewatch the original trailer, because they have that line from Beckett saying, putting together a team, which is like t- way towards the end of the movie, but they cut it together in the original trailer. Like that's early in the movie and that's going to set up towards yeah. their, their, they're putting together a team to go do the train heist, to do this, to do this, to do this. But it's like just one of them fucking with the us as the audience thing, which was really good, I thought. Um, we get a men- mention of Bosk. The, the lizard bounty hunter, mm-hmm. um, of course, from episode five. He's mentioned in this uh, as someone they should hire instead of Han and Chewie, which which yeah. was a cool little line. Um, another bounty, bounty hunter that is mentioned is Aura Singh, who 
um, is a character that's slightly seen in the Phantom Menace and is in the Clone Wars a whole bunch, has a back and forth and even t teams up with a bunch of different characters, including Cad Bane and Boba Fett and a bunch of different missions. She teams up with Boba Fett in the Clone Wars when Boba Fett tries to kill um, Mace Windu because they do a whole story arc where he wants to actually get revenge and kill the person who killed his father. Mm -hmm. and that's a whole thing where I'm like, Boba Fett origin story movie. They literally told his origin story in the Clone Wars, but that is a different subject. Um, but she, she's mentioned, Tobias uh, Beckett mentions that he killed her. Um, something's along the lines of, oh, I pushed her. And he says, oh, he killed her. And he says, oh, I think it was gravity that killed her in the, in the long run or yeah, something like that, which was mm -hmm. the fall that killed her, which was cool. Uh, Kira is trained in Taras, Taras Kazi, or however you fuck you say it, which is an old PS1 game, but uh, really obscure PS1 game, but was brought up last year when they did the last jedi because they brought it up then and said that's what the Praetorian guards used when yeah, they, they fought and snoke's thing which if you go look at that again like this, this the object she picks up and of course that what's his fuck has like the little it's not like a lightsaber but it's got like, like some sort of laser got, dagger uh, type yeah yep. yeah it's like that's exactly what all the guards had in last jedi and this once again is worth just noting as the cross-pollination of like stuff between movies even though you're like yeah. well how can they set up stuff in episode 8 to do with the Han Solo movie that's ages before it's like well the fighting style and the dice and whatever else so it's it's nice that they they do these back and forth things help set up things um Warwick Davis is yeah. in this movie um, yeah it was, that was cool I thought he is actually playing a character that he's played before he is playing Weasel who is seen in the Phantom Menace as the character next to Watto um, when they're all screaming and he bets on Anakin and that. So he bet on the wrong person because that's uh, that's how he ends up having to fight against Anakin later because now he's part of a resistance trying to fight back against the Empire. <laughs> so that worked out really well for you. But I thought that was cool to have him in it. I thought he was a completely different character, but in the visual dictionary, they say it's actually Weasel. So it's like, oh, might as well connect it. Like he's that's one yeah. of the characters yeah. he doesn't have a mask on for. Um, Ethan's Nest, uh, apparently early early remnants of the rebel alliance basically and this okay. is a, was that a, meant to be more important because they shot it in a way when she revealed herself that it was no it felt like it was something important. It, it, I, I, I think it was, was supposed like, to be the reveal that she it was a, a girl be like a kid like a teenager he was a young person not like an old person or like like someone like a grizzled, more like a grizzled person yeah i think that was, i also was thought for a while it was the guys from the star of the movie i thought it was going to like be Thandie yeah. newton under there or something like no. that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so this is another interesting thing that they've been doing in uh, Star Wars recently, even with like the Rebel series and a bunch of other things where they're basically saying that the Rebel Alliance wasn't one person getting together and standing a bunk, uh, upwards saying, hey, let's all go start together and like get together and like fight back against people. It was a bunch of these smaller... Um, groups all fighting off on their own and then eventually they all kind of get together and form this this one bigger thing i guess that um, makes sense with like the council of council yeah like, how's like people it's like even in rebels so like kanan and hera are off just doing what they do because they want to because they're just like we want to fight back against the the emperor and then yeah. eventually they get like tied back in they're like meet mom mothra and all these people and it's like oh we're doing this over here do you want to come look we've got this planet you having four come over here there's other people maybe you might be interested <laughs> um and then of course you've got like Saul Guerrero from Rogue One and like what he's doing and that's the very extreme like fighting 
back like he gets kicked out of the actual rebellion that's that's how it ends up so they're they're, they're doing this really nice thing in star wars where they're showing the different sides of the rebellion and how different people go about it um on that note there was one of the other characters when they pull off the mask and this is not one that i've seen confirmed yet because i haven't actually i went in town today to try and get a copy of the visual dictionary myself so i could check but i couldn't find it anywhere yet but one of the characters takes off the hood and it appears to be two tubes, which is a character from Rogue One, like one of Saul Guerrero's. Yes, you know, I saw, I thought that because I saw the character and I thought the face um, looked really familiar. So, okay, cool. I'm not going mad. No, that's that's who I'm 99% sure it is, but I would much prefer to get my hands on the, the visual dictionary just to have that 100% confirmed that's who that character is. Mm-hmm. But it would line up time-wise because this is, so we see him in Rogue One where he's working He's working for Saw, like his second-hand man, but this movie's taking place about 10 years before Rogue One, so it would make sense if he's working for Effin's Nest for X amount of years at this point, and then maybe Saw Gerrera, they can have Forrest Whitaker come back and get involved with Effin's Nest, and then he goes off and keeps with Saw after that, or Effin's Nest evolves and becomes part of Saw Gerrera's group, or something along those lines. There's like really cool ways that you could take like sticking a character like that in there, not just as a random Easter egg. It, it's just kind of evolves the, the rebellion in really interesting ways. And then one of the other things was that Beckett wears the same disguise that Lando wears in Return of the Jedi, which is apparently just a disguise that's on the, the thing. Like when they go to the, the mining planet. Yes, yeah, no, I did, yeah, no, the helmet. The, the helmet, helmet was, and all that, that's, yeah, yeah. that's what Lando wears, which yeah. must stay on the ship for the next, yeah. 12, but that was, years. but there were other people in Jabba's palace wearing that. So, yeah, yeah. it's just a, just a, just a, just a little thing. And I'm sure I've read online. There's a bunch of other tie-ins. Like, basically, whenever Lando's telling a story, um, they're all tie-ins to a bunch of level legends Lando books that I've never read. Apparently, <laughs> there's a bunch of stuff in um, Dryden's room that are references to like old legends han solo books that i'm not aware of but apparently people are really enjoying it finding it really clever also in that room is like the statue from um indiana jones uh the first one like that he picks off and swipes that's oh like is there really the that's really... Yeah. so there's like that's a cool. bunch of different really cool easter eggs in the background there that are like cool like background easter eggs that's what i'm saying like this movie does these background easter eggs and like the boss reference and all these sorts of things are done a lot better and make more sense like the two tubes thing I enjoyed the Easter eggs and the pickups in this movie, and I'm looking forward to watching it again to see what else I can pick up. Um, does anyone have any final thoughts on Solo, a Star Wars story, and anything that they would like to see out of the sequel going forth? Take us away, Ashley. I don't think there's anything else that needs to be said. <laughs> I think we've said it all. Things that were said have been totally said. <laughs> totally said. <laughs> Very good. Uh, no, yeah. we've got it covered. I um no, as the movie's really enjoyable. Um, I hope they continue. I hope they they craft some new stories now that they have got rid of all the stuff we knew of Han. Um, that they start crafting new stories and building new lore for him and Chewie's adventures. Yeah, I'm quite happy to have another one of these just really fun. Like not mediocre, but just like a cool averageish. Like I don't know, I've, I don't know why I'd rate this. Like I'd probably just give it a seven, and I don't yep, think yeah. that's bad. It's just like it's it, on a Star Wars scale, it's higher to, than a seven to me. But like as a movie, it's just a seven. But it's just a really enjoyable, fun time at the 
the theater. You know, it's just you can yeah. chuck it on, have a, like a great time with it. And I don't think every Star Wars movie needs to be better than that. With that said, if they're going to do all these Star Wars stories as like connected characters, like if they're all going to be like Han Solo, Boba Fett, like insert Obi Wan, like all characters that we already know, I'm going to get sick of that if they're all going to be characters that we already know and blah 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 over time. I need that to be melded in when we get forward Thanks. and we're getting the new series from like Danny Benoff Wise or whatever the name is. Like the Game of Thrones dudes are doing that series. Thrones, we're getting uh, the John Favreau, John Favreau series. Ryan Johnson's uh, new Ryan Johnson's trilogy. So I feel like when we get to a stage when we're getting new stories intermixed with uh, these stories telling characters us that characters we that we already know, I'll feel a lot better about it. But if yeah. I think if, we if need the Star this, Wars equivalent of Guardians of the Galaxy. Not, yeah, I'd love that. Not, not like the... You know, the same story, but what I mean is that with with the Marvel effect, it was, all right, this Marvel thing's working, let's throw Guardians of the Galaxy in there and see if that sticks, and that'll tell us if we can start doing stranger titles or just more out there, and it worked. So they need to do something like that that might be a bit of a risk um, to try and show if that's what audiences will pick up and um, watch. Yeah, well, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting going forward because we are approaching because for so long we kind of knew what was coming because when they came out the gate they're like episode seven eight nine Han Solo, Boba Fett movie was rumored for ages and like had different people working on it. Rogue One, like we just had outlined of these movies for ages and we're just like coming up to the finish line. You know, episode nine's next year. Boba Fett apparently is officially kind of going ahead now as the, the the final of these three stories that we had going and then after that we've got all these new this tv series and these these ron johnson trilogy which i think are all supposed to be new stories like way away <laughs> from anything we know and not connected and if they want to keep doing these star wars stories as origin stories or spin-off stories to characters we know after watching this han solo movie i'm fine with that because i think they're in capable hands and lucasfilm came in and don't forget this movie which we talked about had yeah. such a trouble behind the scenes and it's fine like you, mm -hmm. I don't think you can tell. Yep. Like no, compare this tell. to Justice League, you know? Yeah. yeah Justice yeah. League's so noticeable that had like fucking hands all over it and fixed at the last second and like it's just all kinds of messed up. This movie is just you could it's like it was just meant to be from the start. Ron Howard's movie. It's fine. That's yeah. it had no problems, it didn't have any wonky parts to it. I'm quite happy with it. You can no issues. So Han Solo. It's great. Um thank you for watching the YouTube or Twitch video if you're either watching either of these for our review discussion slash Old Ryan Explosion finale. If you're listening to this as the audio for Old Ryan Explosion as the finale one, I'm pretty sure at this stage since we came back for a second season, we'll probably just come back every time and use this. Uh, we'll see you next year <laughs> as the build up to episode nine comes along. That'll be really great. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to hit the subscribe button, ring that bell, join the join the, the notification squad. squad. <laughs> I'll see you there. Leave a yeet in the comments. Thank you. Uh, if you're watching on Twitch VODs or along live right now, don't forget to hit the follow button, whichever direction that is. I'm not really, I'm just sure. And if you're listening on an audio version, uh, go to iTunes, rate us five stars. You, there's no really, they need to add a feature on like podcast players that you can just like like or something, you know, there's no like real, real way to go about it. Get and on that pocket cast. Get on that pocket cast. Um, and if you've joined us for all three episodes of All Around Explosion this, this year, thank you. It's been a lot of fun. Going to be really looking forward to coming back next year as we build up to episode nine. I'm sure that's going to be. Can I pitch uh, my sequel titles? Really exciting. The Go for it before you end up. Pitch the sequel titles, okay. then I'm ending the show. Han and Chewbacca, a solo uh, Star Wars movie. No. Solo, a Star, another Star Wars movie. No. 
<laughs> and duo, a Star Wars movie. <laughs> no. We've got no. winners here. We no. have winners. Thank you for joining us, everyone. Call May the Force be with you. Always. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>